As a medical student, you're charged with the impossible task of somehow managing all of the demands on your time. How do you properly prepare for classes, tests, board exams, choose a specialty, and ultimately build a competitive residency application while also making time for things like maintaining relationships with loved ones, staying healthy, and just being a normal human being? This podcast was created to help you navigate the complicated path to becoming a physician. Welcome to Student Doc Unlocked, a podcast made by a group of recently graduated doctors to help current medical students learn how to survive and thrive. We'll be sharing some of the lessons we learned so you can laugh at our mistakes and avoid them yourselves, as well as adopt the habits we found most helpful. I'm your host, Dr. Nathan Hendrickson, a current PGY-1 completing my intern year in surgery before beginning diagnostic radiology next year. On this week's episode, I'm joined by my wife, Yasmin. She shares with us the medical school slash residency experience from the perspective of a partner, wife, and mother to children. Yasmin talks a little bit about how we met what it has been like being married to a student and resident, how she manages her time with three kids and her work, and most importantly, her advice to others who are currently supporting medical students and residents during this busy time in life. I'm forever grateful for her, and I know that I wouldn't be where I am today without her. Okay, here I am with my beautiful wife, Yasmin. Yasmin, I wanted you to get this podcast started off by talking a little bit about our story. Okay, perfect. So, Hi everyone. Um, my name's Yasmin and we actually, Nathan and I have been married for seven years now. Um, we met in Brazil, which is super cool. Um, we have three kids ages six, three and 16 months and they're beautiful. Um, and I don't know, we've been, at this medical school residency thing for a while. It's been our whole lives. So it it's seems not going like. to end anytime soon. <laughs> so that's in a nutshell, that's us. Yeah. We have a weird story of how we met in Brazil. How did we meet in Brazil? So we met, we both served a mission for the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. And I actually served a part of my mission, majority of my mission in um, the Wisconsin mission due to visa problems. Then my last six months had a choice of going to Brazil or staying in Wisconsin. So I chose to go to Brazil and we both ended our mission the same day. He actually served in the city. We were both in Recife and I served in a little country of Brazil per se. Countryside. <laughs> yeah, there you go. A small town outside a of Recife. small town, yes. It's true. So Yasmin went home at the same time I did despite not being in Brazil at the same time as long as I was needless to say I was smitten and she successfully ignored me for a very long time made my funny jokes she didn't think they were funny so shot my shot Sarah BYU asked her on a date kind of first I slid into her DMs asked her if she wanted to hang out and then I asked her you know what let's not hang out let's go on a date first date didn't go so great mostly because she wanted like more one-on-one time and it was a group date so she ignored me for like two weeks and then I asked her to play basketball and she didn't say no which was super confusing because she had ignored me for two weeks so she went to play basketball how good did I play that day was I balling really good (laughs) yes I was actually pretty impressed secret powers of that I've lost I can't play basketball very well anymore and then yeah the rest is history we took on another date and she fell in love with me. She was smitten. 
Yeah, very true, actually. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so that's a little bit about our story. We do have three kids, Yasmin said. Um, did you say their ages? Yep. Okay. Liam, Ella, and uh, Milan. All right. But what we want to talk about today is what it's like to be a significant other of a medical student or resident where we're at right now. So obviously our situation is different. We have kids. Not every couple that's in medical school or residency has kids. um, And some do for sure. So we want to give some just general advice to those who are married and trying to go through medical school or married or dating, trying to go through residency or medical school. Um, So to start, how did you manage the transition from undergrad to medical school? What was that like? Okay, so um, to preface this, we were at BYU um, for undergrad um, and you had a full-time work Mm -hmm. job before, um, you know, mostly throughout the undergrad program. Um, so you were already gone a lot. I was also working, but as soon as we had Liam, then I stopped working. I stayed at home and then you took on that responsibility of providing for us. So I would say it was a little bit easier than I thought, but medical school had its own challenges. Not knowing the city was one of them, but the transition was, I, I would say you were already gone a lot so basically an absent father already (laughs) so it wasn't too crazy at least for me yeah you mentioned moving to a new city i was gone in class or studying and i didn't really have to find things to fill my time but like how did you figure out how you were going to spend your time and what did you end up doing with time like because how old was liam at this time so liam was two years old when we moved to san antonio and Yeah, he was pretty little. So just moving to a different city was already hard. And then not knowing anyone in the city was also hard. So I think also being on a budget is hard once you, (laughs) you know, you move and then you're poor. You're poor. So that was also difficult. But I think um, finding budget-friendly things to do, such as the park and, you know, having play dates with people or friends, things that wouldn't take a big expense um, was a priority in those days. And I think it's still a priority, honestly. Yeah. And I think Yasmin's a great mom and she right away found ways to entertain Liam that weren't just hanging around all day. And so she got involved in things like story time at the public library and would take Liam for that and then make sure that Liam was getting new books. They have a thing called the Duseum here in San Antonio that was pretty cheap to go to if you buy like an annual pass. Um, so really just, would you say, going on and living your life without me <laughs> during those two years when I was gone? Yeah, I, yeah, definitely. I think that was priority because you were gone, so we couldn't wait to do some of those fun things that we would otherwise just wait on you. We just had to explore and, you know, do our own thing and um, try new places ourselves. True. Well, we're kind of speaking generally, right? We were saying the first two years, but halfway through my second year, this thing called COVID happened. No, wait, that was halfway through my first year. 
So how were we affected by COVID? Well, COVID, you actually moved during COVID. We actually moved, you moved into the house, meaning like your office was actually in our home, Mm -hmm. which was tricky for you. But I think we were just glad to have you a little bit more around the kids got to see you here and there. But I mean, it was difficult to begin the transition. But I think as the days went by, we were both glad to to be together. And you were still doing your studying and doing what you needed to do in order to be successful. Yeah, COVID, when COVID started, it made me really anxious because I like to separate work and home physically. And so knowing that I was going to study at that point, we were living in a small two bedroom apartment and knowing that I was just going to wake up and study like right next to where I slept um, made me really nervous. Uh, But I think we did great in it that you helped the kids recognize like, hey, daddy's studying during this time, but he's going to be done at this time and he's going to come and play. And so I think it cut out. uh, We learned how to like prioritize, especially during COVID, like what was important and what wasn't important. Um, And I got to spend a lot extra time with you guys. So to us. COVID was a blessing in disguise as we got to spend more time together. Ella was born. Ella was only like six months old when COVID happened. And so because of COVID, Ella has become the biggest daddy's girl, thanks to my own doing. Uh, I spent a lot of time with Ella and, you know, it was great to have that bond. I feel like with Liam, I worked a lot when he was a toddler and a baby. And, and it's it was great during COVID to spend extra time with Ella, be there when she wakes up every day, be there when she goes to sleep and those types of things was super fun. So, yeah. Okay. So we talked a little bit about the the first two years. How did you help with the stress? How did, how do you feel like I did and how did you help with the stress of things like boards, residency applications, dedicated studying time, tests, you know, what, what was your approach to all that? Well, I think you you always had this boundary or this expectation of, well, we both were on the same page of when you were studying, you were studying. When you were home, you tried to be home, right? So I think just separating those two and giving you as much time to study as as possible or as you needed was key just because I knew that Otherwise, it was stressful or more stressful for you if you didn't finish whatever it was that you needed to study that day. So just giving you plenty of space to study and feel like you accomplished whatever task you had that day was something that um, I think helped. Yeah, I agree. I think Yasmin did a really good job of, you know, allowing me an X amount of hours to study. And honestly, when I tried to finish early and say like, no, I can't do it anymore. I'm done. Like Yasmin would send me back in to study more. So it's true. She would be like, no, you're going to one day wish you studied more, got a better score if you didn't. So she's to thank for a lot of the hard work. Okay. So that's, that's how we kind of tackled all those stressful times. Um, Let's do story time. So you had talked about this the other day and I had forgotten about it, but You talked about that time we were trying to sleep in our house with my dog when we first got married. Yes, that was (laughs) very dramatic. Let's hear it. Let's let's hear your side of the story because I remember vividly mine. Well, I know you were frustrated. (laughs) You need to give background. Wait, wait. Okay, background is I was born in the United States of America, (laughs) but I grew up in Mexico. 
so pets for me have never been um, things that you keep inside or you know pets yeah and so um just the idea of another pet sleeping in my bed was no Uh, (laughs) of course not that's not going to happen and so um, this dog, Nate, I remember Nathan's. He parents. has a name. His name is Jackson. <laughs> okay, yeah, Jackson. Um, he he was used to sleeping in Nathan's parents' bed, and so we were there, and the dog needed to sleep with someone. And he doesn't sleep alone. He's needy. So therefore, it was our turn or our chance to. He, Wait, he was gonna like, sleep. He was gonna sleep in the bed regardless. Right so with someone. Yasmin would do this thing where, like, she would act like she's gonna sleep in my parents' room, and he'd fall asleep. Or she'd take him up there at least and put him in their bed, and he'd like lay down, and then she'd like run out really quick and try to shut the door, and leave him asleep in their bedroom. But like, he wasn't having it. He's not. He's not dumb. He knew what was going on, so he would just bark. So I was like, "Look, it's like midnight or one. We need to sleep, and we'd only been married for like a couple months at this time." So I was like, let's just let the dog sleep with us. It's fine. Or he's going to bark all night. And Yaz was like, well, look, you get to choose me or the dog. I gave the ultimatum. And so I remember like at one point I was up sleeping with the dog because I honestly just wanted to sleep. And then I was like, this is so messed up, whatever. So I take the dog, put him in a closet where we can't hear him (laughs) and go sleep downstairs. And that was my solution. Um, But our love, my lovely sister-in-law, Huli, Marta, she went and grabbed him and let him sleep with her, so he wasn't crying all night. Yeah, thank goodness for her. She was the the savior to the story. He doesn't even sleep like on your face or near your face, though. He sleeps at your feet. Still, a creature sleeping with you? No, thank you. <laughs> yeah, so that's our that's our funny story break. Yasmin is not a fan of dogs in general, especially not in her bed. Okay, all right. So we talked a little bit about dedicated first two years what was it like to have to take time off during all of this and have kids i mean we had ella in the middle of my first year and we had milan in the middle of my third year so tell me about like those times when we had newborns so during those times it was it was a bit stressful um i mean a newborn cries a lot and they don't sleep a lot as a lot of people know and so it was definitely stressful for Nathan's routine for my routine because I also needed to be functional for Liam and so I think having kids is already challenging no matter how cute they are (laughs) and so just kind of being on the same page on who's going to do what, like you're going, am I, I'm going to sleep. You're, you're going to do what, yeah. what, what our different functions are um, just establishing those expectations and just talking about what that's going to look like when the kid wakes up in the middle of the night and neither of us want to get him because yeah. we're both super tired. It's true. Um, I very distinctly remember during med school orientation, I told someone my wife was pregnant and he was like, what are you thinking? And I was like, what? And he's like, well, med school's not a great time to have kids. And I didn't say this at the time, but I really wanted to. Like, there's never a convenient time to have kids. Um, I feel like as a male in a relationship, it's always easier, right? Baby doesn't want me when he breastfeeds. Baby doesn't need me initially. I mean, of course, it's great. Um, to have a kid, but it's different in the roles of mom and dad. Um, and I think from my perspective, 
it always really helped to just have a really open communication with my school and my my preceptors um and everyone was always really understanding and so i was able to miss a couple of days both times and then get back into it pretty quickly um, and i know that for female med students or residents same thing um being really open in communication with your support system and then with your um, administrators of residency or school is really helpful. I know multiple people in our school had kids during a time of third and fourth year where they could take like a six-week rotation of newborn care and it counted. And so I think, you know, for all the female student doctors and residents out there that don't, I mean, every situation is different and every, every family is different, but don't discount the, the, the blessing of kids. And I know that's hard coming from a male perspective of it, but I, I've really admired the, my female colleagues who've done it and they've talked about how hard it is and, and how worth it it is. And so, um, yeah, it, it was always a worth it sacrifice. Don't ask me about a fourth kid though. I'm not open to that idea. Three kids for me right now is great. Um, okay. Well, got another question for you, Yasmin. If you could name a couple of things I did bad and things I did well during med school and time, like being with the family or being here, things for improvement. And maybe you don't even want to say me, but in general, like what are common mistakes you think um, could be made? I would say... Um... If you are dedicated to study, meaning if you have that time that's called dedicated, like use it, use it well and prepare before that dedicated. I think I saw a lot of mistakes of not using time wisely or to its fullest potential. And um, that's one. And then the other thing is that if you do have a significant other or um, a partner, whatever it is, make sure that you are there. Um, not only physically, but mentally. I know that that requires a lot of effort and unplugging from the different task of medical student or residency is tough, but making sure that you're there when you need to be there mentally is huge. Yeah. And I think the whole unplugging thing is really hard to do. It's easier said than done, especially if you had a tough day or a tough score that you just got or your studying's not going well. Um, and I think Yasmin will pretty consistently be like, Hey, wh what are you thinking about? Cause I see you just looking into the distance. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I think really just like taking time, whether it's like meditation, um, faith, prayer, whatever it is for a person like to, to come down back from the med student mindset and go back into like, Hey, this is my family. These are my loved ones they deserve my 100%, not my distracted self. So I think that's one thing I did poorly at times is being distracted because it consumes you and it can consume you really quickly, all the stresses and all the pressures that you have. So, you know, find outlets of meditation, exercise, faith, prayer, whatever, whatever it is, those things are really worth your time. Although at the time when you're studying, you may feel like, you know, every second of every day needs to be spent reviewing I promise that taking time to do those self-care and mental health things is really worth it. All right. How do, how have you and I found a way to uh, enjoy being together and relax and de-stress? What are the things we like to do? 
Well, we both bonded early in our in our marriage or when we were, you know, dating. That basketball was always um, something that interested us. I'm better than him. <laughs> oh, yeah, <I'm> right. <laughs> um, so I think sports in general are, are what we usually do, um, whether that's basketball, soccer, um, or whatever it is. So um, we also like eating and cooking. <laughs> and so... I think um, finding new recipes, you got really good at cooking during COVID when we had nothing going on. And so we tried new recipes and um, we tried new things. And so that was really fun. And uh, that helped us kind of deal with the world going insane at that time. But also it has continued to help us. Um, And of course, you don't have as much time now, but when you do, I really appreciate it. Yeah, it's true. During COVID, we watched a show. It was called Oh man, what was it called? Ugly Delicious or something like that. I don't know. Uh, I don't know. But it was really inspiring to me about like eating good quality food instead of all of the fast food and stuff that happens in the United States. So yeah, we started making what? Like we made homemade pasta. We bought the machine to do it. We made homemade pizzas, sushi. So I was not a great cook when we first got married, but now I don't know if I'm great, but I really like it. You are amazing. Oh, thanks. Yes. I think Yasmin just really likes it when I cook and she doesn't have to. So she's going to say good things about that. No, he really is good. What kind of support groups or resources have you found? I know we've kind of talked about it a little, but um, what what specifically has helped you not feel just alone in this process of supporting someone going through medical school and residency? Well, you can't really feel alone when you have three kids. I mean, you. <laughs> But in all seriousness, I love my kids. Um, I think they are a major component of me not feeling alone every day. Um, They're really good company and they keep me busy. So another thing is definitely God, faith in in Jesus Christ and just relying on him has helped me. Also, when there were there, there has definitely been times when it has been tough especially when you were gone a lot or um and I had you know two three kids and so it there there were definitely difficult moments but I think those two things and then definitely a support group around me um whether that was church members or friends outside of church or library friends or neighbors really helped as well and so just having a community around you I think it's safe to say that Yasmin is not a social butterfly. (laughs) Yasmin does not like, uh, depends, I guess. If she's put like in the midst of a bunch of Mexicans, she's definitely a social butterfly. But in the majority of situations, she's like rather be at home watching Netflix or listening to an uh, an audio book. But I think quickly she kind of saw the strength in others and helping others who were also looking for like some support. Um, what didn't necessarily have to be like spouses of of residents or med students, but I think you did a good job of like finding people who you felt like needed support and that gave you purpose in like being social with them. So yeah, definitely did that. What are you looking forward to most at the end of this journey of med school residency? And I'll say first money. Okay. You have to say something else. <laughs> We've been poor for a while. Yeah, that would be nice. Um, the second, well, the second thing, well, just another. It's like thing. money is like one through five, <laughs> maybe number six. 
another thing I would say is consistency. There has been a lot of um, you doing this for one month and you doing something else and night shifts and day shifts and weekend shifts and all of that. I'm really looking forward to that. Just, you know, consistently having you home at, let's say, five, six, seven. <laughs> at least you'll <laughs> know, <knows>? right? <laughs> but just consistency would be really nice. I agree. I think as a medical student, as a resident, each month can bring new things. And it's kind of hard to juggle that with a family. And so I also look forward to first money. Like, I don't know if I've said that yet. And then um, the consistency of a schedule and and being able to know uh, where I'm going to be. What do you think this med school residency journey has had? What kind of impact has had on us as a couple? Um, I think it has had a lot to do with our growth, both as individuals and as a couple. I think it has been everything. I mean, that's pretty much all I've known. And I think it has made us definitely stronger together. No, I think it's definitely that, that, I mean, we've been at this for a very long time. And so just knowing and relying on each other, but knowing that we can continue to grow and continue to rely on God is, is great. Yeah. I think that like most things in life, anything that's worth doing is hard and med school and residency is just a marathon. Like you can't, yeah, we joke about having money eventually, but like we can't be stuck in the mindset of like, I'm going to be happy once I have money. Like, no, we need to be happy right now. And so I think we've had that mindset of we're going to make do with what we have and be happy, make sure our kids know that we're happy. Um, and I think through this whole process of med school and residency and applying and all the stresses and pressures, I think like oh, over and over, I've reaffirmed my choice and partner. I think Yasmin continues to just be a huge strength for me. Uh, and I'm thankful for it. Find someone who's just willing to go through it with you and not turn down an opportunity just because it's hard. So I think it's really helped us cut out the fat in our lives. Like I said before, um, we just kind of have to choose what's important, how we're going to spend our time together. And hopefully we'll continue doing that as life continues to be hard and we get challenges and other stuff. It's not going to get any easier. Maybe we'll get more money, but it's probably not going to get any easier. That is true. I think life in general is hard. So just finding, I think likewise for me, just finding someone that is there for you no matter what, um, whether you're having a crappy day and I can just vent to him, hey, this this day was not the best for me or this day wasn't as, as I expected. And just listening, I think that, um, yeah, just growing, growing together through the difficulties and happy moments of our lives. And usually when she's done venting, I say, wait, what did you say? <laughs> just kidding. I pay attention. This is a good one. Um, how do you maintain communication and emotional connection despite our busy schedules? I was actually listening to my audiobook this week. Oh Thank you, gosh. audiobooks. <laughs> um, I think um, there's so many things that we 
uh, go through separately, right? Like he's at the hospital, I'm here at home with kids or, um, and working and doing all those kinds of things. And so at the end of the day that I think I'm going to implement more is just what is your favorite thing about today? Mm. And then just starting out with just a simple question as that brings a little bit more conversation in, and if they want to share a little bit more details, then that's totally fine. But that is just one question that we can start doing, I guess. Nice. Yeah, and I think every day Yasmin is invested in how I'm doing truly, not just asking like, how are you to ask? And one thing I try to do every day, and I'm not perfect at it, but it's like every day I try to at least FaceTime the kids for them to know that they're a priority even when I'm working. I feel like as a kid, I always felt like my dad was always available. He worked a lot, but every phone call, I feel like he answered it or he called back immediately. Um, and I want my kids to think that and have that relationship with me. So uh, those little things like reaching out, making small phone calls. And I think, you know, like recently <clears throat> I came home and had struggled because something happened at, uh, with a patient and um, Yasmin noticed. And I think just having that open connection of someone to talk to you and keeping not not holding it all in uh, has been really helpful. Um, you see a lot of stuff as a med student and a resident and stuff that would affect anyone and you don't have to act like it, um, like it's normal. You don't have to be numb to it. I think it's makes you a better doctor to to feel and be emotional at times when when uh, when it's appropriate and be professional when you have to. But I think we're definitely not perfect at communicating. Um, I still get sassy. <laughs> it's true. She's just she's just a ticking time bomb of sass. <laughs> you have to be careful. What are some of the things that you've done for your self care? We've talked a lot about you being a mom, being a spouse, but you know you get to be yourself. So what do you do? I was just thinking about this and one of the things that we like to do is just kind of going out as a couple while disconnected from our kids and um, we'll go and do something fun, even if it's just going on a car ride (laughs) (laughs) without them. Chick-fil-A run. (laughs) Yes. I think it's just definitely something that has helped me just kind of reconnect or connect better with you um, without any distractions. And then um, something that I was also thinking is, with your community, I mean, go out with them, make more friends, um, invest in your current friends. And so I think that is something that I have been trying to do in order to, you know, uh, maintain um, sanity and maintain a little bit of... I think lots of times my study group and my friends would hang out and I would kind of be watching from the outside knowing that, you know, I can't, it's not, they're not as important as my family, but taking every once in a while the time to, to go and just be a human and make connections with those who aren't your family is really important um, to look outside yourself. And so that was something that I did every once in a while. Shout out to my study group table. I am. And then just to edit to Yasmin's comment, when we leave our kids, we don't leave them alone. Okay. We have a, <laughs> Our sister, Yasmin's sister lives with us. Her name is Marta and she's the savior of our family. Yeah, she's awesome. So recently, as of two years ago, um, we've had her stay with us and she lives with us and it's great because she's such a huge, 
huge support and what we do. I work, Nathan works. And so she is the one that takes care of our kids when we're gone and the kids love her. And it's just something that I'm completely grateful for without her. I don't think we, I, I think my load would be definitely heavier. Yeah. So get get yourself some family that wants to live with you. She's great. Or surround yourself with family if you can. It's not a must, but it definitely helps. Yeah, we definitely spent years living far from family, and we didn't go on a date without our kids until Liam was five years old. So we've now crossed to the other side of that bridge, and we never want to take our kids on dates. It's doable without family close by, but uh, having family close is just so nice. So move close to family if you can. Um, okay, last question. With everything that's going on and med school, graduation, residency, you've somehow built yourself a career as a realtor. So tell me about that. Tell me about what it's been like to leave the kids and how you've dealt with what you know a lot of women talk about is mom guilt, right? Going to work and leaving your kids at daycare with a loved one. How have you processed all of that? That is something that goes through my mind every day. Uh, and it's something that we as women struggle to leave our kids behind and, and you know, go to work. And I know a lot of you moms out there do that. And so it's been a battle, but um, I think Nathan's dad has always been really, really nice by saying that it'll, it'll be worth it and that I'm doing the right thing. So I always find comfort in his words. Um, and also I think, you know, I leave them activities for them to do. My sister takes really good care of, I know and trust her. And so it's been really nice not to worry about their safety. And, and I know that they're going to be well taken care of. Honestly, at the end of the day or at the end of the busy day, I look forward to um, spending time with them and reconnecting with them and hearing about their day. So, yeah. Yasmin's great. She handles it all really well, but it doesn't come without hiccups and um, self-doubt. And and I think she's hopefully felt like I've been supportive during that. Um, yeah, I mean, you have actually, when you can, you're here with them. And, um, and it's just a constant communication. And I think by supportive, I mean, I usually say, go out the door and make me money. And if you don't make me money, don't come back. <laughs> Well, I wanted to end this episode with one last funny story. So Yasmin has a great story about how she ended up marrying a white guy and how that she broke that news to her family. So tell us about all of that. So I come from a very Mexican household. Super um, Mexicanos. My dad was not fond of Nathan um because he didn't because he didn't know me okay no that's true he didn't know him and so i think that was just just a different race in general uh he was kind of skeptical of and so when i broke the news that i was going to be dating that i was dating nathan and and that i was potentially going to marry him he just was not happy about it <laughs> <laughs> but now he loves him of course but it was a little bit rough. Um, he actually told me to break up with him, which was something that I didn't want to do. And I felt strongly that Nathan was the person I needed to marry. So I just said, no, I'm gonna, I think I'm gonna marry him. And you know, um, it eventually worked out, but just that initial 
hiccup of just culture culture shock was different. Yeah. I think my favorite part Yasmin left out was that Yasmin's dad was like, you know, white people can be weird, right? <laughs> Which is true. I feel like white people can be weird now that I'm seeing it from the outside. Oh, now he's very, he sees himself as Latino now. He doesn't see himself as a white Caucasian. It's so. true. <laughs> I I use it. I use the Latino side mostly because they're just so much more fun to be around. It's great. I wanted to say one more thing that my family had no issues with Yasmin. Just wanted to say (laughs) my parents love Yasmin. I think that from day one, they saw in her what I saw. And uh, they're super funny. Your token older Caucasian white people who, who love Hispanics and love Mexico, but they look so white doing it. Um, we love them. So, all right. That's all we have for this. Thank you for joining us. We, we hope to see you next week.